0: And welcome to another episode of Woman Advantage. I am so excited to be joined by my wonderful, wonderful friend, Danielle Matthias. You might know her from the Mother Puckers podcast or just from being on Twitter. Uh, how are you, Danielle? I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're recording this on a very interesting day in hockey, which we will obviously get to a little bit later, but oh. we'll get started with a softball question. How
1: did you get started in hockey? Um, I feel like it's really funny telling you this because half of it is your fault. Um, so I got into hockey because of friends. I had seen it all over the internet, um, you know, sweet sweet dot com. Um, I had a lot of friends, including Hannah, that were super into hockey. I I liked it because I liked how they. I feel like seeing it from the fans' perspective at first, they actually brought out the personalities of the players. So it wasn't just like, if I had just gotten a hockey robot immediately, I would have been like, okay, I don't want this. Um, I wouldn't have been as interested. It still would have been a fun sport to watch, but I wouldn't have gotten so involved as I did. Um, And then I ended up on a business trip, ended up watching uh, a Preds game when P.K. Subban was still on. And that was all she wrote. It was super fun, and I love the speed of the game, and... I like it took me such a long time to actually like learn the ins and outs of it because I just didn't care like I just loved <laughs> watching, um, and I mean that's still true. I kind of learned it along the way, uh, especially because I mean who really cares? They're just running around on ice knife shoes and hitting each other with sticks. But that's pretty much long-winded version and <laughs> here we are
0: yeah but you're one of my favorite kinds of hockey fans because one you don't take it too seriously like I feel like so frequently I see people who are like I take it seriously and that I really like my team and players and I like to know who the good players are but I'm also like it's a it's a game it is a game but you're not a fan of just one team you you basically adopted an entire division <laughs>
1: Decided on the um, the suffering route, <laughs> the overall suffering route. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, God, oh God, yeah, it's not fun um, <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> but there's always a game for me to watch. Yeah. So
0: that's always good. Uh, do you feel like having kind of multiple teams that you cheer for has made you interact with hockey in a different way than
1: somebody who's just like a diehard fan of one team? Absolutely, um, I feel like the way I interact with hockey is one, like you said, like a lot more casual like i I am such a people driven person that I like again like I wouldn't be so involved if I didn't actually get to know the players, which sucks uh I mean, it sucks, but then sometimes it's good and fun um but I feel like. Seeing different teams and making sure that my my perspective isn't just like one specific set of guys and one, you know, front office. It definitely paints a broader picture of the league in general, Um, especially, you know, just wanting to watch whatever and paying attention to whatever and being friends with so many people that have different teams. It definitely paints a broader picture, and I don't think I have as much tunnel vision as some people do unless you actually break yourself out of that, I feel like it's very easy to get tunnel vision on your team. And then that's the only thing that matters.
0: Yeah, tunnel vision is such a good way to put it. And people who have that seem to take it personally, when you say your player did x thing that was wrong, your player said something racist, (laughs) that was wrong. (laughs) And they, they then instead of accepting it not at face value but like as a fact they try to like find something wrong with one of the players on the team you support and it just like becomes this really petty thing instead of everyone rowing in the same direction trying to make hockey less racist and awful
1: you know we're all trying well most of us are trying <laughs> our best to <laughs> make it a bit better but you know if you don't want to you don't want to I probably don't know you so it doesn't matter to me um, <laughs> <laughs> like that's fine, I guess, but most of us are wrong in the same direction, or at least attempting to.
0: I sometimes it seems like people are just like jumping off the boat because they don't want to help.
1: But you know. We'll get into that on am <laughs> <sure. laughs>
0: Yes. Actually we'll get into that right now. So today is the day we record this, which is obviously not the day you're listening. There was a, an article on the players' tribune from Akeem Aliu, who is a black former NHL player who has in the recent months become very vocal about the racist racism he experienced from even tiny little low levels of hockey. So because hockey is such a predominantly white sport, what kind of barriers does that whiteness pose to, you know, kids of color who want to get into the game?
1: I mean, even as a kid who grew up in like a very, I mean, now I know that it's a very hockey oriented area. I mean, like Philly loves their hockey and it doesn't, Mm -hmm. No, nobody nobody knows that of course not um so there's definitely a lot of barriers because I mean the obvious one is that you don't see anybody that looks like you so you're just you don't feel like that space is for you and I mean the aggression of the sport doesn't exactly help it just kind of like marries the two together and it just creates this big intersection of fear um, and feeling like an the other and I feel like you already grow up especially like I mean, yeah like i mean consistently most kids are growing up being at least most like black kids and kids of color are growing up being another so you don't want to be in a space that that's you know you're hyper aware of how other you are um you know i feel like it's human nature to not want to be uncomfortable so obviously and obviously like it's, it's a it's a safety thing like you immediately feel unsafe um especially if you've had bad experiences in the past Um, and even if you were somebody like me that like you know growing up like I very much was the person that like oh it's okay you're you're the good one it's all right we don't worry about you like even then like even as like you know the quote-unquote exception to the rule I was still very much aware of how unsafe I was and if I made a wrong move something could go badly whether that's just verbally and that's I mean I think a lot of people hear that and they're like no one's gonna attack you it's like well one we've seen in the past like <laughs> we've seen in the past both like recently and i don't know like throughout our entire history but that, that is not true mm-hmm. <laughs> it's violence very quickly especially when people have such hatred and in a hatred they don't understand so like a lot of like that's that's an actual fear and i think that is a very credible fear but also words aren't fun to hear and being verbally berated in public isn't fun. So that's also, I don't know, worthy of fear. So I feel like that's like just a general barrier that's so big that you have to surmount that. And I mean, the cost alone is also huge because of the economic barriers that are put against, you know, people of color, especially black people. It's you know, you, you, you've read in almost every single story of, that uh, you know, probably save for like Seth Jones, who like, grew up a bit more wealthy, like most black players and a lot of, I mean, yeah, a lot of white players too, but like, especially a lot of black players, they were like, I didn't have, you know, good material. Like I got like secondhand pads and I got like what Akeem was saying. He's like, you know, I played with a wooden stick, even though like they were using fiberglass or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of them just – their families had to sacrifice so much to even allow them to do that because hockey is so expensive from the player level all the way to the fan level. Like mm-hmm. if I didn't have like a steady income, I would not be able to go to games. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it's like $50 a ticket depending on the city that you're in. Um, I mean, like I used to live in North Carolina. It was like $15 to go see the Canes when I lived there. Mm-hmm those were the days I should have gone. I should (laughs) have gone. I should have (laughs) gone. But now like living in DC, especially like after the, like I moved here during the cup run, I paid like 60 bucks to go to a a playoff game. Now I'd have to spend like a hundred dollars before taxes. Yeah. (laughs) So that's a huge barrier to people. Um, and I know that there's a lot of, you know, people that are poor or low income or not making oodles of money that are black or a person of color, but it's especially poignant for people that are already at an economic disadvantage. And that's not to belittle anybody that's like also struggling, but it's just, a, it's just a fact that we kind of got it.
0: Yeah. It, it's, I feel like hockey with, with the world, because sports are just a microcosm for the world. Like white people by and large in the United States and in Canada are born on third base they're born with that advantage so everybody else has to play catch-up and expecting people to play catch-up and also be like able to exist on the same like financial plane as you is bullshit there's no slack given no help given to people who weren't born with as much and the people who are born with as much just see it as well this is just what I was born with I was born in the same way you were which isn't true <laughs> it's,
1: which is not true at all yeah <laughs>
0: Like I'm reading the piece today really reminded me of the Wayne Simmons Players Tribune piece I read. I think it was last year where Wayne described not wearing skates that fit and not knowing how to stop. And like the day that he got skates that fit, he was like, oh, oh, it wasn't supposed to hurt the whole time. And just reading those kind of stories, obviously they exist across the across the spectrum. But you so frequently hear those kind of stories to like of the the few black players we have in the league right now like the barriers that are in place systemically for people of color to get into hockey are harder to overcome because they were born further back it sucks because you have to wonder how many awesome players of color we could have in the league now
1: if hockey were more accessible financially exactly like i you could have had i feel like there could be a whole generation of so many different kinds of players so many different kinds of players and you know hockey's losing out on that and Mm -hmm. a lot of people seem very fine with it um you know as we know it's a struggle to even have older hockey men except like even non-canadian and not like non-north american (laughs) players who also are coming in like at least some of them like you read the same thing from the russian players Mm -hmm. like they didn't have much of anything, and they still are here. And some of them are some of the greatest players. Um, and you know, it's not you know xenophobia and racism, or they kind of just go hand in hand at this point in the league. But it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, it, but it feels like we're we're more willing to talk about the xenophobia because it's about like white people, and the white person is being discriminated against because they're from somewhere else. And I'm like, yes. Now, look at society and tell me that the black player isn't being discriminated against or the the one player of you know mexican descent we have like austin matthews like it has so much racially coded stuff like said about him and it's really frustrating because like he's a 22 year old kid who like doesn't deserve to have people like
1: make him feel uncomfortable (laughs) yeah it's yeah i feel like i i've had this conversation so many times about like it's so fascinating how people just will not go that extra mile because it's not, because it has to do with them. It falls back on them. So like, when you're talking about sexism in the sport, it's totally fine. You're talking about misogyny. So like, you can be women altogether and it doesn't matter that you are at an advantage as a white woman. Mm-hmm. Um, or like at a societal and like social advantage as a white woman. And it, if you are, you know, again, like with like Russian players, Swedish players, like, you know, that there's a lot of xenophobia like they're called animals blah, blah blah it's like well there's also a lot of like it's not belittling to say that there are a lot of people in the league that are also being treated like animals mm-hmm. um I mean the way that um like he said like when he was it was very very poignant the way that he was um he was talking about the incident with the flames I think um mm-hmm. and just like the, he was like you, you can tell like when this person is talking to you that they literally don't think anything of you. Like you're not even human to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that needs to be acknowledged even though it makes people uncomfortable and they can't somehow be a savior in that moment. It does not paint you as a villain to be the same color as someone who did this. Yeah. Um, It does paint you as a villain to stay silent in the face of, you know, a lot of discrimination and hate
0: yeah yeah All right it's i mean that, that brings me to my to my next question kind of because white women are an issue in hockey there's plenty of white women who go along with the the patriarchy for lack of a better word because they benefit from the structures that are put in place for white people and yeah sure being a white woman is slightly worse than being a white man in a lot of situations but like being a white person I benefit from a lot of those structures and so it can make me feel uncomfortable when I'm like well I need to tear those structures down but you can't grow without that discomfort like you need to feel uncomfortable and understand like the ways that other people have felt that discomfort to then make changes that can
1: help. (laughs) So. Exactly. Like the discomfort, like there's always growing pains and without them, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, if you if people that are saying that they want the game to grow as much like you got to deal with the growing pains then. Yeah. Sorry.
0: <laughs> and you need to acknowledge the intersections of like what it because there's there's fans of Indian descent. There's fans that are black. There's fans that are Hispanic. There's like there's fans across the board. So what can white woman do? to help create a safer space for people of color in hockey?
1: I would say have some courage and say something. (laughs) Just say anything. Not to, you know, pump you up or pump your tires there. But (laughs) but, um, what I do, like, I've always told you this and I've always encouraged you with this. Like, there is not a situation that I've seen go by that you have not spoken up about, um, that you've not very much said something about and you... And I mean, like, we've are, we've talked about it. Like, you've come to me about it and been like, is this okay? Like, understanding, like, some situations, like, should I do this? Should I not? Like, is this making it about me or is it not? Like, should I, what am I, what am I doing? Like, you, you, won. like, you actually do speak out. And I think that's a great thing that um I think what a lot of people are very willing to do is listen, not, you know, intentionally listen all the time. Usually it's just like. <laughs> wow, that really sucks. I'm so sorry. And that should not be how it is. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, that that doesn't help anything. Um, Like, I appreciate you having some sympathy, I suppose. But, you know, actually acting on that sympathy and um, not going along with these structures, and not going along with people that may benefit you and structures that benefit you, and being able to, you know, like, say, hey, this is wrong. And like, not just pull someone aside and be like, oh, this, this is not okay. Um, or like in private say, wow, I just saw this thing happen and it's so messed up, I know. It's like, well, I kind of need to see you say that up front. Like I I can know that you're not happy with a situation <laughs> on the back end, but like it, you have to understand that like a lot of this is public facing things matter. Yeah. A lot. I think a lot of it is other white people that do not want to or are reluctant to get outside of their comfort zone and actually grow and learn and try to examine both themselves and the whiteness of hockey, it would it's always helped along by seeing people like you actually do it. Um, me doing it, they can poo-poo that all day they're like oh you know you're just a whiner or you're just mad because your favorite player did something like this or you're just like there's something there's always an excuse that they can give um it gets a little harder when the person that's saying it has no reason to say it other than this is wrong and we should be talking about it so like if you i i feel like a lot of it um and i had said this to Josh Vina, i was like i a lot of it is like you got to you got to have a little backbone here. Like you have less to lose than the people that you're supposedly caring about and trying to help, quote unquote. So I know that, you know, like I do have sympathy for people that are like, you know, I am going to lose my career. Or I'm going to like, it, it. there's always a scale. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you really – if you really like believe in this kind of stuff that you need to be able to sacrifice something. Um, and even if that's, you know, not like, not saving face, just being like, Hey, I did something wrong. Or, you know, Hey, this person did something wrong. I love you, but you did this wrong. Or even just saying anything at all deal with the trolls. It's not a big deal. We deal with them every day. You know, like you have nothing to lose for saying like, Hey, this is really messed up and nobody's talking about this and it's stupid. Like you might have people commenting or saying something, but it's like you have to be able to make some sacrifices. So, you know, speaking up and speaking out is really important. And I feel like any like front facing stuff really matters, even if it's just actively listening as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And before we get any further, everyone pause this podcast. Go listen to Danielle's episode of Stick to Sports with Josh Fina.
1: <laughs> I so. It is. It is. <laughs> I, give her a listen.
0: It is required. It is required listening. Pause this podcast. Go listen to that and then come back and then you're allowed to finish listening to this interview. (laughs) Okay, Done plugging that podcast. You guys did such a great job of teaching people stuff that you don't need to teach us because it's not your job to do that. It shouldn't. The burden of that shouldn't fall on the people of color in your life. Like fucking Google stuff, people. (laughs) Get a book. (laughs) Yes, there's there's a whole library of, of ways you can learn about why racism, yes, does exist. But not just racism.
1: Sexism also exists in hockey and hockey culture. I you know, I have not been beaten over the head with it enough. <laughs> you know, we have to think about the broader fight. Yeah. Oh,
0: God, it's so frustrating. Um, how, how can we help people understand that the sexism and misogyny of hockey go hand in hand with
1: like the racism and xenophobia i feel like it's something that i've noticed especially with prominent women in hockey there is a cognitive dissonance of that specifically and it's a very and it's so interesting because like you can you see people say like oh you know women's equal payday comes up and i see everybody you know this is how much white women make to the dollar of a white man and this is how much a black woman makes to the dollar of a white man. Like, look at the differences and blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, so there are those differences, but like think about that, but in the world, because that's very much how our social environments operate a lot of the time. White women are absolutely whole held to like a a better like a higher standard, a higher esteem than then other people are not like other kinds of women are looked down upon and they're like, oh, why is she, why is she here? Like, ew. And it is very like, you know, you can feel like, you, like it's, cause if you take it back to the pay thing, a lot of women are like, oh, we're getting up there. We're so close to like being equal. And it's like, no, 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 that's just you. Like, that's literally just you. So, you know, when people are saying, oh, you know, there's more women in the sport, I'm seeing women on TV, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you're seeing white women on TV. So it's just normalizing seeing white women. It's mm-hmm. literally, that's the only thing that that's normalizing and bringing into the sport is white women. It's still very white. So just the same way that you're bringing in women, you still need to bring in women of color. You still need to bring in people of color um, in general. So it's, I feel like they, it's all intertwined. And I feel like the more that we, the more ways that we can show that, I think more people will start to get it Um it's the whole concept of like we're not free until we're all free. Yeah. Kind of. Like we're not all going to be equal until we're all equal. Like it's it's not just seeing you on TV. I need to see other people up there too and actually being and not being chased off of TV for saying things that they want to say.
0: Yeah. This this fucking sport <laughs> <laughs> <It> makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's not it's not all awful. Right, like there are some good things. It does seem like more women, of like all backgrounds, are getting involved in the hockey community. Not necessarily at the, you know, paid to do a job in hockey level,
1: but like in the fan level. You know, why do you think that is? I honestly think that like there's just a lot more people, younger people, coming into the sport. I think both. What is it? The other generation before us and millennials are. uh, can't remember when I'm a or whatever. Uh, they, I feel like we're just, I feel like we're gradually more progressive. Um, and I mean, we've seen that. And I think a lot of the world is fighting that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like you said, like it is very much a mirror of the world, like the same issues that we have in the sport and the same good things we have in the sport we have in the world as well. Um, we don't just leave the world at the door when we come into the arena. So, I think because things are getting more progressive, I think a lot more people are willing to learn and a lot more people are willing to listen. Um, and just a lot of people of color are not afraid to speak out. And it's like, this is ridiculous. And I think there's a lot more willingness to like, I, not just back down um, and just fight for the sport that you love, whether it's playing it or watching it or writing about it or talking about it, just being like, why shouldn't I? Tell me why, (laughs) excuse me. Why, why shouldn't I, is this sport not for everyone? I don't understand what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) No, but hockey is for everyone. I saw it once on a t-shirt. I could die,
1: (laughs) 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 but it's, I just feel like there's a, and I, like I said, we do need the backing of the majority here to like bring in, to like usher in acceptance um. Or even. To- I feel like we're at a tolerance space in most spaces, and you like. I. I like at least like from what I've seen, it's very much like I either I tolerate that you're here so long as you are here in the way that I want you to be here. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, like you being the the model minority and not anything less than or more than. So I feel like it's a very big like, tolerance stage at the time, but I mean, we're moving through phases here and it's not going to happen overnight. Um, so that's not great, but I feel like that's... We're, we're getting to the place where we're pushing back on that a lot more and being like, I can be Black in any way I want and be in this arena. Or, you know, I can be Indian any way I want. I can, you know, I can be Muslim in this arena any way that I want. And I feel like that a lot of it is you do have at least fans in hockey and fans that people pay attention to being willing to say something and being willing to stick up for one another in the way that we supposedly do. I feel like a lot of more a lot more people are living the values that I feel like hockey as a sport usually touts. So, I feel like just in general like we're having a huge insurgence of a very like progressive generation coming into a sport and being like, this is messed up. What's fixing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like we're very much the fixers and we're like, this is, oh God, this is bad. This is really bad. We have to do something about all of this. <laughs> let's, let's get to work. <laughs> I'm just gonna be over here. Or like, just even with um, Black Girl Hockey Club, like just mm-hmm. making a space, not being afraid to make a space for yourself. And just be like, this is a space geared towards black women. Yeah. And women of color. Like, this is this is what this space is geared towards. And you can either like it or you don't or you don't. I'm going to be here either way. It comes back to just being like, I am going to be here and not being afraid to ruffle a few feathers, if you will. Honestly, the feathers need to be
0: ruffled. It's from a fan perspective, things do seem like they are getting more progressive. But on the inside, because... Hockey is this like tiny insular echo chamber where, from the age of like six, kids are put on buses with teams. And if you have a racist or a sexist or both coach, then those are values that are being instilled into you. Not even if you have parents at home who are wonderful and who are trying to raise you to be tolerant, like when you're surrounded by that in all the other times of your life, it can and does sink in and then it like produces these little mm, shitty hockey robots over and over again. Do you think that there is a way that the, you know, hockey culture of the wonderful corner of Twitter that you and I seem to have found (laughs) can (laughs) go in and pop that bubble. And obviously if you're a 30 year old man, you're, you're probably not going to be willing to change if you're called out on Twitter for being shitty. But if you are a 15 year old kid, who sees the thirty-year-old man being shitty? Then you're going to think that's acceptable behavior. Like, is there a way we can kind of like block stop the chain reaction from happening?
1: Um, I mean, I guess the answer there is yes and no because I I'm a firm believer in people do see what they want to see, and especially on Twitter, I mean, like, people just people see what they want to see, uh, and you can try, and I think that's the that's the yes part is that. We can try, and just because there might be some hard-headed kid that's like, I don't need to listen to you because you know my parents have already instilled in me, or like my whole community has already instilled in me that I don't need to listen to you because you're a woman or mm-hmm. black or whatever. I don't care. You know, I think that just being able to—that's—that's that's also the thing, like about speaking out, actually producing a counter-narrative <laughs> is super important especially for kids that or just like younger people that are coming up and wanting, just watching, um, you have to lead by example. Mm-hmm. So if the only example they see is like people like Dave Portnoy, what do you, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? So, you know, actually speaking up and saying things is, isn't just for you and it's not just for me. It's for the people that are watching us. Um, and, you know, I can hear, like, very cynical people now being like, well, who says that anybody's watching us? And nah, 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 nah. it's like, okay, so it's kind of hard to ignore if there's more people mm-hmm. saying back. Because um, it, it's the same thing with bullies. Like, you, if nobody's talking back to them, if nobody's fighting back, nobody's going, nobody feels inclined to, nobody feels empowered to. Um, just producing, one, that power and that counter-narrative, like, giving concrete examples of, like, This is not the only way to think, it's actually a pretty bad way to think, here is an alternative. (laughs) Let's just like, you know, divert that train of thought right there and like, it's just offering up something else. If you only see the option in front of you, you're not going to see the options that are silent behind you. Um, You're just going to see the one loud white male one in front of you.
0: (laughs) Just picturing Don Cherry yelling. I mean, I don't
1: like it. Now, making, picturing Dave Portnoy, so like we're both in hell,
0: <laughs> At least we're in hell together. <laughs> we're in hell together. Um, so, as I've mentioned earlier in this podcast, it is not the job of people of color to educate white people on why racism is bad and what white people should do to make it better. So. Could you point people in the direction of say- things to read, watch, or listen so they can educate themselves?
1: Oh, this is rough. I mean, there's <laughs> little. <laughs> I think that, one, we already plugged it, but Stick to Sports, uh, Josh Fina's podcast is mm-hmm. great. And it's literally just geared towards growth in the sport in mm-hmm. every way. Um, burn It Down Pod, mm-hmm. absolutely recommend them um not only are like they talk about everything from sexism to racism to xenophobia to in like every kind of sport as well so you can see that it's not just somebody attacking your love for hockey it's also just like a global issue Mm -hmm. um i think they make a good they they do well with you know bring it a bit more big picture Mm so i feel like doing that probably makes people feel a little bit less attacked um, cause it's not something they love that's being said is shitty and they're like, that's what I like. You can't say yeah. that. <laughs> um, and as a lover of like horrible TV, I get you and <laughs> I like hockey. So I understand <laughs> it's like, and I'm the one saying it's shitty. I'm like, well, it's not great. <laughs> I, for some reason I like it. And like, I know that I'm doing this, <laughs> thing, but I, those two are my favorites I wreck them a lot because, I mean, I listen to a lot of fun podcasts and I listen and, like, I read a lot of fun stuff. I feel like um, Victory Press as well for reading Victory Press, uh, for reading Victory Press. And um, I want to make sure that I pronounce her last name right, but Hamal on Twitter. She is a writer for USA Today, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and she very much focuses on – Humal Havari. I hope I pronounced that right, Hamal. I'm very sorry if I didn't. Um,
0: I mean, if she's listening to hear it said wrong, I am
1: I would cry big, fat, real tears. I would cry for you. <laughs> you know, I, I think that she does a great job of bringing, one, a person of color's perspective, especially a woman of color's perspective, um, to the sport, and especially to like, the societal implications of it. Um, even as somewhere like, I mean, like USA Today is, has everything. And like, I didn't mm-hmm. know they had anybody writing like that until I started following her. And I was like, well, this is great. I respect USA Today a lot more than I did before. <laughs> um, and I mean, if you're listening now, then you're already on the right track. I would have said Women Advantage as well um, if you weren't already here. <laughs> so good for you for being a good person <laughs> and already
0: being here. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, and if this is your first episode, we have a back catalog you can check out. (laughs) What do you think we as individuals do to, you know, try to move the culture in hockey forward?
1: I feel like it kind of depends on where you are in your hockey journey. Um, I think for people like us, like people that are already trying to better things and are probably very tired and very saddened by a lot of this stuff. Like find somewhere in hockey, somewhere that gives you hope for the sport, Mm -hmm. like anywhere. Um, like I love checking up on like Snyder hockey and Fort DuPont in DC. Like I love to see, you know, kids that look like me getting into the sport and having such joy about it. Um, it's, it's, it's very touching. And like, it does give me hope for there is some more exposure and there is going to be growth because there's growth right in front of our eyes. Um, seeking the little pockets of joy. And even if that's just like taking a break from the discourse for like a day and watching an old game or like, just don't, I'm always worried that one day all of this is going to make me dislike the sport. And I never want that to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, because I love the sport itself. Like I love the game, so I don't want to lose that. And to not lose that, I feel like I need to make peace with like just being able to chip away at some things and find joy where I can. Um, so I feel like if you're already working at it, make sure that you're taking the time to step away, find a bit of joy in the thing that, you, like, that brought you here. Um, whether that's like talking with your friends or goofing on players on like Twitter or Instagram. I mean, they do enough stuff have fun roast Um, them (laughs) just roast them just roast them they love it I'm telling you they love it I'm sure (laughs) look at all they do to each other of course they're gonna love it um and I mean for people that are you know maybe getting started and maybe uncomfortable just I mean remember why you started pushing back in the first place I guess like there's a lot of remembering that has to happen here because I feel like we can get very bucked down in the now and like how much you feel scared or you feel threatened or you feel defensive. Um, and I feel like taking a step back and like just remembering like, why did I start pushing back in the first place? like what brought me here? Like what feelings brought me here? Um, what instinct did I have that was like, this is wrong. Um, and just leaning back on that and finding refuge in that. And I mean, like surround yourself with people that encourage that in you. You don't want to surround yourself with people that make you question doing the right thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, make you compromise doing the right thing. Like I I just I have people around you in the sport that make you grow um, and are on the same page as you. Because uh, I feel like that's this is so much easier with people that are on the same page. Yes. I feel like both of us have been very lucky finding a hockey community literally just everywhere
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: that is just so willing and conducive to change and to, you know, critical thinking, um, but can still find such joy in the sport. Like, it's just, it's so important to not do this by yourself. Yeah. Because um, it can get so, I, I'm sure, like, especially if it's, you know, a white person, like, you're probably already... Don't berate yourself. That doesn't help <laughs> anybody. Um, I used to and probably still have to and need to remember to tell Hannah to take a break from the news sometimes. Never. And to not berate herself. So, because <laughs> if you can't, you know, have empathy and sympathy for yourself, like it's going to be very hard to do that for others. Yeah. And you need to take care of yourself so that you can take care of the problems that you care about. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't have any suggestions for someone who needs to get into this. I don't. Get a book. Google it. <laughs> Google racism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and
0: I mean my like my big piece of advice here is like surround yourself with friends that one you trust and two you can let yourself take criticism from. Mm-hmm. Like if a friend calls you out on something it's a lot easier to accept than a stranger and so find those friends who if they say hey you did this you said this and that was like it didn't sit well with me and then like internalize that and realize like they're speaking from a place of one caring about you and two if it's a friend of color they're probably speaking from experience so listen to the people of color in your lives when they say something is racist racist and wrong like listen to them and then understand that they're correct don't fight it because you did that thing once like accept that you did a shitty thing and then
1: try to grow from it yeah I yeah I think like one if you don't have people of color around you that should be an indicator to mm-hmm. you because <laughs> I was like I wonder how many people are going to be listening to this and be like looking at actually looking around and being like oh shit I just have other way. <laughs> Um, So yeah, like diversify the people that are around you, because that's, you know, that's going to help you. You're going to have experts around you all the time. uh, Because everybody that is a person of color is an expert in racism in their own way. Trust me. Um, Whether positively or negatively, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, don't be afraid to, like you said, like, don't be afraid to take criticism from your friends. Like, welcome that. Don't Mm -hmm. just, you know, poo-poo it away or explain it away, actually take that criticism and internalize it, work on it, you know, examine it, look at it, sit with it for a bit and be like, when did this, like, how did this happen? What was I thinking when I said this, you know, actually interrogate the situation or interrogate the feeling that pops up in you interrogate the defensiveness, like interrogate the questioning, the need to question the need to be like, well, are you sure? Like, okay. So what, where did that come from? Why did you need to question someone that clearly knows racism and has experienced racism in general? Cause yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is very harsh, but I'm like, don't be afraid to cut your losses. Like it's not, it's really not on as much as like we're all leaning and leaning on each other and trying to help each other grow. Like you, you're in this for you. Mm -hmm. at the end of it and you know if you can't just sacrifice your mental health and your ability to help the greater good for like one person or something like that you know make sure that you are not just the sole person for just slowly chipping away and trying to make Mm -hmm. one single person better like that's not that might feel like a good project but like one it's a distraction (laughs) (laughs) Like it's a distraction, whether you realize it or not. Like you just see this one person that embodies everything, and you're like, "I'm gonna make them better." It's like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> make the sport the project. <laughs> yeah, the culture the project. Because one per like changing one person is not the goal. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not about individual people. It's about the community as a whole, and making sure that like you know make sure that you're thinking about the community, not just individuals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If we're plants, make sure you're watering yourself first and that you're giving yourself enough before you go on to try to give something to someone else. Yes.
1: We're in a garden, folks.
0: <laughs> and gardens are colorful. Gardens are
1: naturally colorful unless yeah. you make them not colorful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's some wisdom. <laughs> Mic drop. <I'm> not going
0: to. That would be bad for the sound. <laughs> I know. It would be terrible. Please don't. <laughs> How do we get more women of color involved in hockey?
1: I mean, that's a good question. And I mean, like, and it definitely depends. It's all going to be like personal. Um, If you see the opportunity and you see someone like just treating women of color and people of color, like anybody that you would want to try to get into the sport. Like if you see somebody that like, you know, that they bring somebody to a game, like, <laughs> like just for a surprise, be like, come to a game with me. Like, I just like, see if you like it. Um, Or, and like, make sure that like, if you are white and you're doing that, make sure like that you understand your obligation to be there for them and realize the situation that you're pulling them into and make sure that they understand the situation that they're going to be in so that they can, so that they're not just walking in and being like, oh my God, I'm the only black person in like a 20,000. <laughs> this is horrifying. Um, you know, always be transparent about what you're walking into. Um, it'll go really badly if you don't. Uh, I I, I think just taking opportunities when you can, like if just anything, like send somebody an article, send somebody a video, you know, um, you, the way that people got me, was just like sending me stupid interviews. Like it, just send me an interview, send me a picture, send me an article about a story about like a, yeah, just send me something. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like just, if you know your friends and you know the people around you, pick into what you know about them, you know, there's, so much in the sport that is overlooked and there's a lot that you can pick up on and hand to people and be like hey this is actually in hockey too isn't that bonkers you should watch um because if people see what they like and then you're trying to make them feel comfortable that's huge um and a lot like again like this is all very broad because everybody's different and it's going to be it's kind of like situational which is, like, rely on knowing your friends and figure out how to pull them in when you can, or at least try to. Obviously, don't force them. can't, like, trick them and be like, oh, look, we're at the arena. <laughs> Suddenly, I have these tickets. I guess we're going in. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I mean, also, send them Player Tribune articles. Yes. I did that with my mom, actually. I sent her the Wayne Simmons article on William Reed. And she was like, Oh wow. I heard about him, but I didn't I didn't really I just knew that he was like a train or something. I was like (laughs) Yes mom. (laughs) Yes, Wayne, the train (laughs) She's like, Oh, okay. Um which is interesting. But yeah, I mean like and especially if it's like younger people just show them the sport. They're it's exciting either way. Yeah. They're not aware. Most of them are not like fully aware of the of the barriers that are there. So make them think they're not. Just be like, "Hey, come to this. Like, let's do you want to watch this with me?" Mm-hmm. Like, do you just pull people in when you can? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Especially the young
0: kids, cuz if you can get them in before they start to realize how hard it is, then you're like Growing a whole generation of people who love this sport, who who don't see it
1: as how like don't see the warts yet, because <laughs> you actually have something to fight for. Then, like it's because yeah. no matter your age, like if you got it, like I got into hockey. Obviously, was stupid about what it was. Like it's kind of glaringly <laughs> obvious, but um, you know, I just got I had just developed such a love for the sport. When I really didn't want to, actually, I thought it for a long time, <laughs> like a year or so. You were bullied, and I was bullied. I'm was bullied. Um, but then I was like, oh man, I ended up loving this, and like I want it to be better now. Yeah. This sucks. <laughs> I guess I'm here because I mean, like, once you, once you appeal to somebody's just like, you know, like desire to like just like. I don't know. Like if you show somebody something that they end up loving, they want to make sure that it works. Yeah. Um, so it's not like trying to deceive people and be like, don't look at that. It's behind a curtain. <laughs> <laughs> the curtain. Oh terrible thing.
0: Pay no attention to the racism behind the curtain.
1: You Nobody know, you look there, just look at the big man on skates. <laughs> like, that's not, no, like don't look at the horribly racist logo don't do it no that person didn't do blackface don't look don't look <laughs> the more you find out it does suck but you're already in it and you're like i once you know more about it like it's there's something to fight for whether that's a good thing or a bad thing i still don't know <laughs> I'll get, you're still out i'll get back to you if this is a good thing or not <laughs> but yeah
0: all right i only have one last question for you okay and it is pretend that i am somebody who is a new fan to hockey i've already picked my team i've picked picked all the things like i like i like this player i'm i'm a huge fan um no i'm not i'm not i'm a huge (laughs) rasmus darlene fan i i decided against my better judgment that i love the buffalo sabers um what is a piece of advice you have for me as a new fan, just like who's getting into the sport?
1: Obviously pay attention to your team, but try to watch more than just your team. You know, like it's fun when you're not, like it's not like us versus everyone else. Um, it's a lot more enjoyable. It's, I mean, it's enjoyable. It's also painful uh, <laughs> to love the people that are also on their side of the It's not fun, but um you just get such a bit, you get a better perspective, I think. And even if you are focused on your one team, like being able to see the good in other teams and see, like, you know, take an interest to like, I don't know, a player per division, or if you're really not that dedicated, do one in the East and one in the West. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I mean, I would definitely say, I would – I I never know whether to encourage new fans to get on to Hockey Twitter. I would give them a specific list of people to follow. <laughs> Be like, look at the loudest. Come here. <laughs> um, learn something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I I would mostly just say, like, don't hold yourself back from dabbling, you know? Go to a game. Go to a practice. Practices are fun. You know, just – go to whatever you want to watch things like watch the, please watch the Puck Personalities videos. Please (laughs) watch them. If you're a new fan, watch them. That is half the reason why I ended up having like a soft spot for like some of the teams that I didn't expect to like. Um, Like it's, you actually get a chance to see the sliffer of personality that these men have. (laughs) Um, Some more than others. Uh, Shout out to PK Subban, you're doing amazing. But yeah, like just just seeing more beyond the sport is always super fun, and I feel like it gives you such it gives you a much more like personal connection to the sport, Um, and it makes it so much more fun to watch. Like watching those, it's much more interesting than watching those like. Watching mid-game interviews or end-game interviews, like it's just—it's not like, yeah, you know, like, we gotta do, uh, give 100 percent, gotta get post deep. Uh, <laughs> you know, David uh, we just gotta get our back check better, and uh, yeah, gotta gotta help the guy in back. Like it's—it's it's not just like the little script that they have and yeah. forward. It's actually just like their honest reactions to really stupid things, um, and I think it's the NHLPA. That does the little survey things or like that they used to have in like Cosmo and stuff where you fill out your name and answer questions.
0: I'm a Sagittarius. My favorite activity is golf. And uh, the only reason I know I'm a Sagittarius is my girlfriend told me.
1: I know that I like to fish. <laughs> what do you like to do in the off season? Fish. <laughs> Sometimes I like to golf as well. Sometimes the answers are always the same, but they're still fun to see. Um, But yeah, like if you bring more, you can can find the personality in the sport, even if it's small, (laughs) you can find it. And I encourage any new fan to do that because it's just, it's so much more fun. And like, it's so much more fun and it's, you can kind of, you build communities around that as well. Like you find people that like this team or, you know, if you have a team that's like full of personality, like you ha- you for sure have like, I mean, like take the Avs for example. I know we're not happy with them right now and I'm not either, but like big personalities see so many Avs fans like, Oh my God, this one with the curly hair and that one that looks like Thor. I don't know what's going on. And then like they come in and they bring them in and they're like, no, no, no let's, let's show you. And you find your little niche area. Um, or you find the people that you have intersections with. Um, and then you'll find yourself in like 50 hockey group chats with people around the country. And it'll be great. Um, and you'll you also know. have to mute all
0: those conversations. Constantly. it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <this> work.
1: <laughs> but yeah, just like mess around. Don't, it's a game. Literally, it's a game, guys. <laughs> guys, you know. Don't take Why it too you seriously. Mad? Why do <laughs> you have to be mad? Why do you have to
0: be mad? It's all game. <laughs> well, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on. I miss you. You're so wonderful. Where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> oh,
1: God. You can find me at, oh, God. My last name doesn't <laughs> fit on Twitter, and somebody took it. It's Danielle Meow Eyes um, <laughs> on twitter.com uh and yeah i'll be there if you want to see pictures of my cats or me yelling about the most of the metro division pittsburgh penguins fans please don't interact with me <laughs> unless your name is danielle don't interact um i yeah it's either cats or hockey or something stupid so <laughs> come along for the ride <laughs> but thank you so much for having me of course it's so fun Watch the pod grow.
0: (laughs) And everybody who's listening, you can find Danielle's Twitter in the show notes. You can also find my Twitter and the podcast Twitter. And if you are still employed and have a little money in your pocket, uh, $2 even, uh, there is a Patreon for the show. Uh, If you can't, I completely understand. We're still free and ad free for you guys because life is expensive, man. I get it. But... Thank you everyone for listening. Danielle, thank you again for coming on. This has been wonderful. I've been Hannah and this is Woman of